0: trigger warning mention of suicide and sexual assault. Welcome back to another episode of Fluid Thoughts. I am your host, Fluid Flower. I am just stumbling over my words today. It is absolutely insane. And before we start our episode, I just want to take a moment to say to rest in peace to the victims of the Buffalo shooting. I pray that Uh, moving forward we move in the spirit of revolution and that we organize and we get together create sustainable communities so that we can be safe because we know that the government is not going to do anything for us. We know that uh, white supremacy is on the rise and the way that we can combat that is not only through political education but through massive massive organizing to make sure that we keep each other safe. So yeah I am going to dive right into the episode. I even feel kind of weird, like, you know, saying the rest in peace because sometimes I feel like it's not my place to speak on these things because I'm not being directly impacted and I'm not being harmed in that particular way, but it was just really weighing heavy on my soul. And I just wanted people to know that there is a way forward (laughs) and that is abolition. And that is moving in the black radical tradition. So I am hoping that, um, that we as a people, as a community of people who are marginalized, that we get together with each other, with our allies, our allies in the global South, and we move accordingly to make sure that we see revolution in our lifetime. This episode today, we are going to talk about friendship breakups. Friendship breakups is a topic that I have been literally talking about for, oh gosh, a number of years because so many people would sit there and tell me like, well, you've never been in a relationship, so you don't know what heartbreak feels like. Eh, wrong bitch. I absolutely know what the fuck heartbreak feels like. You can get your heart broken by a family member. You can get your heart broken by a boyfriend, a girlfriend, an uncle, a best friend. And for me, because I have not cultivated romantic relationships, my heart gets broken from familial and platonic friendships. Uh, So today I'm going to talk about the time where (laughs) I had to break up with a best friend. Me and this person, we were very, very good friends. And our lives were like intertwined. Our families knew each other. And, you know, we would call each our friendship iron sharpening iron. This is also a time where I'm very much so... Um, involved in the church. I'm very much so like involved in like missionary work and so me and this person spent a lot of time together. Another female who I just genuinely at the time enjoyed being around and someone who understood me when when I felt like I was isolated and all alone in my own household. I started to notice changes when I got accepted to college, when I got accepted into Fisk University, I'd known this person in middle school. i had also known them throughout high school, and when I had went to college, or rather when I got accepted, I started to have like a difference of opinion in terms of my political ideology. I am a firm believer. I'm actually going to do an episode on like HBCUs and how like it's changed my life because I'm a firm believer that. Now I don't think HBCUs make black people into radicals, but I do think that it helps us with our identity when we go to schools, even if it's an all-black school. I went to all-black school was like 80% black, 20% Latino, like you feel like you're comfortable with around your people and around other um, marginalized groups. But if that school structure is still operating in white supremacy and still operating with like zero tolerance defiance policies that send black and brown kids to the school to prison pipeline, then do you really know who you are? So I do felt like Fisk helped me understand who I was. So I go off to Nashville, Tennessee, Fisk University, and this person is here cultivating their own life in Houston. I start to noticed that my friend um, had a need to feel needed and they enjoyed being friends with younger people which I thought was weird. In our own relationship there was already like a four or five year age gap that they were older than me and I thought it was weird that once I had left I had essentially felt like replaced and so I'm trying to talk to this girl you know say hey you know we hang out and stuff and every time I come back from college it's very different I just know them that notice that the rhythm is off she's always trying to correct me and mold me after I've already like molded and molded myself if let me let me break it down like I figure something out about my identity as a black person and I figure something out about how I do not have to respond civilly to white supremacy. So if a white person is being rude to me because I'm black, I can stand up for myself in that moment and because she's uber christian she's like oh well what would jesus do and i say jesus will slap the shit out of him because why are you using the bible to stop me from defending myself and protecting myself and uplifting myself because it makes you feel uncomfortable why don't you use the bible to quell their white supremacy or to tell them how jesus was a socialist to tell them how jesus himself was a radical why are you using it to tell the black person to get out of their feelings and to stop being uncomfortable around racism so i started to know to switch up on stuff like that so it was the you know the friends you know the younger friends than me it was the you know constantly hanging out with younger people it was the constantly trying to use the bible to make me think that I was in the wrong for defending myself or for changing my outlook on things I'm also like a very firm believer in science I remember one day asking this person a question of hey if People who don't believe in Jesus die and go to hell. And this is why I don't believe this shit anymore. <laughs> if people don't believe in Jesus die and go to hell, but Jesus was born at a certain time. What about the other millions and millions of people who were born before him, but they didn't know who he was. So if they were just, you know, because Jesus wasn't alive yet or Jesus didn't have his life, that they just deserved to die and go to hell just because they were born before him. What kind of God would create people and send them to hell when he hadn't sent his only begotten son? So she told me that I should stop taking the Bible so literally and that I should and that I should, um, you know, just listen to the message of the Messiah. And I'm like, OK, but what happened to these people? And so there was that moment when I realized I was like, oh, I can't use the Bible as a science text or as a history text. Like I just I can't even take it for literal. And so I took her advice, but it, were, it was, it was her, what is the word I'm looking for? Her apprehensiveness of answering these questions for me. Like I would ask her, I was like, okay, well, if God created all the stars in the universe, do you think that there's different timelines? And if there's different timelines and different beings, do those beings also have to worship God and worship Jesus? If there is a planet called planet Flafluga, do the flaflugians <laughs> have to worship the flafluga Jesus? And I'm asking all these questions because I really want to know. Because if you're saying that my eternal soul is going to face damnation because I don't call somebody my savior, what about the theories and the timelines of like parallel universes and the other people and other beings that are in these planets and they're in these star systems in the galaxy? What about them? And she would never answer me she would just say, "Oh, I just think your brain is a little too big for what we're doing here and oh, I think that, you know, you you have a, a, a an intelligent brain, but when you have intelligence that can that can steer you away from God." But I never felt that. I always felt like my intelligence brought me closer to God. But of course, I'm growing in Nashville. I'm becoming more of who I am. And she is, or at least I felt what I interpreted, she is upset that she cannot mold or shape me. So every time that I will come back home from school, we would get into it. So one particular time, this is my senior year, senior year of college. I'm coming back home. This is December of 2014. And I remember I helped this friend, you know, do this event, this is the same person, help her do this event. And we're coming back home. And this is around Christmas time. And I remember her talking about, oh, I can't wait to have children because um, when I when I have children, I'm going to, you know, we're going to go visit Santa at the mall. I'm going to teach them about Santa. And then I said... Oh, well, my mama didn't teach me about Santa, so I'm not worried. (laughs) I'm not teaching my kids about Santa. And she said, well, why? And I said, because ain't no white man coming to the middle of the hood and breaking it in my house to give us presents. And she goes, oh, well, why would you not teach your kids about Santa Claus? That's so unfair um, Santa Claus is the story of Jesus. And I think you, you're just upset that you had to grow up quickly because of everything that you went through. So you don't want your kids to, to have a childhood. She was referencing the fact that I was sexually molested at nine years old. And that right there should have let me know that that person wasn't my friend, but because I'm indoctrinated and because I'm thinking like, Oh, just forgive, just forgive. So I went off of her in the car. Then she starts crying about the fact that I was upset and that I was angry because she said, I can tell that you're changing and that this school is changing you. And it's just not fair that you're not the Christian that I know that you used to be. And she was like, everything is just changing. And she just breaks down and cries because she's like, everything in her life is changing, including me. The crazy thing is that I end up apologizing to her, even though I was still hurt. You used the fact that I was assaulted at a young age to win an argument to get me to stop talking because I didn't have the same fundamental belief of Santa Claus? That's not a friend. But I'm trying not to be so harsh on this person because I don't even know if they're like that anymore. I know I'm not like that anymore. And if I were to see them, I probably wouldn't hang up with them. <laughs> I probably wouldn't hang out with them. But at the end of the day, it is what a motherfucking is. So this girl um calls me because she also you know she drove down to my graduation they drove down to Nashville from Houston you know to come see me and she's calling me the day before they drive out there she's talking to me and she's like oh my gosh like I'm so excited that you're graduating this is amazing but you know one thing I just can't get off my chest I can't I just can't understand how somebody can cut off their genitals and become a woman bitch what what the fuck are you talking about Like how, how is it that you open your mouth? Open the conversation with, you're so happy that I'm graduating. And then she starts going on a tirade about Caitlyn Jenner. And it's like dead naming Caitlyn Jenner. And it's like, now, mind you, I don't give a fuck about Caitlyn Jenner as a person. But at the same time, I'm not going to be an asshole and be transphobic towards you. That's just not what I'm going to do. If this is what you want to be called and this is how you identify, I'm going to respect that and still cuss you out. (laughs) So... She gets up there and she's talking and she's just like, I just don't understand how a man can take their genitals and cut them off, and it's so ridiculous. And this is the end of times, and this is—I just know that Jesus is coming back. What what does my me graduating from school have to do with Caitlyn Jenner and the removal or no removal of our genital? I said, well, hey girl, I gotta get ready for uh, the the what the rehearsal graduation so I'll call you back in that moment I knew in my heart that her and I were not going to be friends what ended up sealing the deal was she is also a type of person who was very much so obsessed I think because of their indoctrination uh in the church of like obsessed with being a wife and obsessed with like being a mother um Anytime that this person would have a boyfriend, they would just completely ignore me and ignore our friendship. You know, this person gets a boyfriend and I've graduated already. I've moved back home. Um, they were also telling me to continue teaching even after I revealed to them that I wanted to kill myself. Um, I got a trigger one this episode. Um yeah, I wanted to commit suicide when I was doing this teaching job. She told me to continue the job because, you know, it's good pay and it's good. First of all, the pay was not good. Second of all, if your friend comes to you and says, hey, I want to buy a car so I can run myself off of the road, maybe you should encourage your friend to leave that that place and that environment that says that makes them feel this way. She's, you know, being transphobic. She's, you know, bringing up my assaults. And so now she's got this boyfriend and she's ignoring me. And Every single time something would happen, I would just forgive her, even though everything inside me was screaming, they've crossed a boundary, stick up for yourself, say these things to this person, talk to this person about how you feel. One thing about me as a Scorpio, I am very, very much so all or nothing. It's very difficult for me to have a happy medium, and it's very difficult for me to you know, say what's on my mind without going 1,000 on a person. And it's also very difficult for me to say what's on my mind because I was, you know, my Nigerian upbringing, you're not raised to speak your mind, or at least I wasn't. You're not raised to have confidence in your body or to like set a boundary. You set a boundary with someone, you get in your ass beat. And so now this person who has four or five years on me, I'm like low-key afraid to tell them about, hey, I didn't like your behavior. I didn't like what you said to me. Or I don't like what you do. So I just, I think I also ruined the friendship by also not expressing how I felt. So now, like I said, she gets this boyfriend and something happens where uh, she gets a dog. She gets a dog. Her mother is afraid of dogs. Something happened where I was just like, this is the final straw. I get a call from her and her mom saying if I can go over to their house and go put the dog in the backyard because their mom is afraid and I'm like okay that's fine but like don't be blowing up my phone like I don't get shit to do and honestly looking back and finally speaking about this not only was I like (laughs) what's the word I'm looking for I think I I I will say for me personally I absolutely took it overboard but The reason why was because I was tired of all the other bullshit. I was tired of her anti-black comments. I was tired of her comments about my hair, about my body, about my skin. Literally being friends with a non-black person who is still a person of color, but they're having those anti-black sentiments and at the same time also fetishizing you. There was a point in our friendship where her dad was constantly calling me ugly and it made me uncomfortable to go over there because when she asked him to stop doing that, he said, well, I have to do that because she's so beautiful. She's so attractive. I just have to say that she's ugly so that I, I, so that I don't get weird. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And so whenever her dad was at home, I stopped going over there. She was like, hey, you want to come over? Is your daddy at home? I'm not coming over there. It's the anti-black comments. It's the transphobic comments. It's the um, constant comments about a particular friend that I had that she was always saying, oh, they're so successful. It's such a shame that they're gay. The homophobic comments. So it was all of those things. And I do remember a specific time where I tried to correct her. And this bitch brought out every motherfucking Bible verse that you could think of she's never wrong she's never she never ever says oh you know what what I said was fucked up and what I said was messed up let me apologize and I won't do it again moving forward I'm going to respect this boundary my issue was that she never apologized for anything and then after you sit there she'll be the one to wrong you and you end up apologizing to her so it was so many things that I was dealing with with my own self-worth and my own like lack or inability to stand up for myself when that when I got those calls for me to go over to their house and let the dog out, not only when I got there to the house, the dog was running around going crazy. And I go upstairs and there's worms and shit all over the carpet. It's motherfucking, it, it looked like hell, So me and her mom spent a better part of two hours cleaning up dog shit and cleaning up the carpet. And I said, hey, I'm going to have to have a talk with her because this this is really ridiculous. She knows you have a fear of dogs. It takes 10 seconds to walk upstairs and put the dog outside and be on your way. I don't know why she did that to you. So now I'm texting. I'm like, hey, we need to talk. Okay, yeah, when I get back from hanging out with such and such, her boyfriend, I'ma come we can I'ma call you. A day passed by. Hey, you didn't call me yesterday, I'm sure you got busy. Can we talk tonight around this time? I'm setting, you know, time frames, I'm setting boundaries. Yeah, sure, when I get back from hanging out with such and such, so apparently she was hanging out with the motherfucker till like two, three o'clock in the morning every goddamn day after she'll get off work and i'm like that's your boo that's your that's your reason that's your boo thing you want to be cuffed up and booed up with this person four days pass and this girl has not called me she is not responding to my text nothing so i sent her a text message i said i ain't want to do this over text because i really don't like making huge decisions over text but you don't need to call my phone no more i said the way that you've been treating me and the way that you treat your mother i don't fucking like that shit. the way you treat your dog was some bullshit i said i am not uh, a, a dog shit A dog shit packer And I am not a dog walker I said if you have I said you will never Ever get the chance To uh, to shit on me again <laughs> Y'all know that uh, TikTok sound. So and, and doing that right there Speaking up for myself In that moment That was so hard for me to do Because every time I defend myself I always feel like I'm in the wrong So All of a sudden She blowing up my phone She trying to call me back Oh I sent a few sentences, a few paragraphs, and I was like, I'm done. We don't got nothing to talk about. We don't got nothing to chit-chat about no more. So now um, there was also an issue that I had with um, her sibling. So the sibling is now texting me and trying to get me to calm down. I block both their numbers, and I move on my merry way. One of my best friends, I'm also very close with her mother. I This is another best friend that I'm still cool with today, thank God. Um, and her mom's like, yeah, you know what? I think this was just a misunderstanding. I think you should just unblock her number. You guys should just go meet and talk. I say, you're right. I unblocked the number. This is like maybe two or three weeks removed, right? As soon as I unblocked the number, I get a text message from the same friend that I just got into this argument with. She's like, Hey Effie, I don't know what's going on. Um, or why you would feel the need to not speak to me anymore. Um, you know, we've always been there for each other's families and for each other's dogs. And I just don't understand what I did wrong. And, uh, she just kept deflecting the blame. Baby, I explained to you what you did wrong in a text message. You don't know how to read. You don't know how to write a letter. You don't know how to pick up the phone. So I'm sitting here. I'm just like, if I explain to you and I've, and obviously what I'm saying on the podcast is a shortened version of what was actually sent, um and the, what I'm saying about her what she said is also a shortened version but long story short which my stories are always long and they're never short I explained to her my grievances I talked about her disrespecting me disrespecting her mother the dog I'm not a dog shit packer this dad and the third and so what she was specifically talking about when she says we've always been there for each other's dogs and each other's families she's talking about the times where one Um, She wanted me to hang out with her during that time where my mom and my older sister in Nigeria and our dog had puppies. I said, I can hang out with you, but I have to watch these dogs and I have to come back home every two hours to come check them, make sure they have food and water, make sure they're not pooping everywhere. So she's like, "Okay, cool. We can do that. Because because mind you, she lived two minutes down the street from me. So I walk in the house. The puppies got out the cage. It's absolute pandemonium and chaos. And I just break down in tears because I'm like, I cannot. This is so fucking stressful. I was also in a serious depressive episode during that time when I came back from school because of some other shit that I had went down. And I'll talk about that on on the next week's episode about HBCUs and pledging in fraternities and sororities and all that bullshit. So, um, I'm in this depressive episode. I have a friend who's not being supportive, a friend who's telling me to take a job where I want to kill myself, just all kinds of shit that's going down. So she, again, throws that in my face and it's like, well, I helped you clean that one time. Mind you, I would go inside and tell them to wait for me in the car. Cause me and a whole bunch of other people that, um, that are younger than her that she's hanging out with. Cause she's apparently their mentor or what have you. I go inside and I will clean and I will come back. This second time, then this is the same day, or second or third time that I came back, that's when the puppies had escaped and there's boo-boo and shit and pee everywhere. And the other dogs done thrown up. It was absolute chaos. So they're like, oh, why is she taking so long? So they come in the house and they decide to help me. I was just sitting there breaking down, crying. I was going to have my breakdown, clean this stuff up and, and go back. They sitting over here, oh, we can help you. Mind you, they offered. I didn't ask them. The other thing that she's throwing up in my face was that I had gotten sick my freshman year of college. I had got the flu twice and I was hospitalized twice. I got the flu while I was in school, then when I came back I got reinfected again. Um and I was just sick with fever. She came to my house to check on me after I was released with, to the hospital and she helped clean the living room, again, nobody asked her to do that, but she threw that shit in my face as if, oh, these are, these are friend card coins and punch stickers that I have to see, see this time when I did something for you so you don't have a chance to be mad at me because I did this on December X, Y, and Z on the year of our Lord Beyonce, Giselle knows Christ. Like what, what's going on? So you mean to tell me all those times that I labored for you and I counseled for you, things that I did not keep hold of? She would always bring up that scripture, love does not this and love does not that. Love does not hold records of right or wrong. But she was literally doing that. And I did not understand that that shit didn't make no sense to me. Why is it when I'm mad and I communicate a boundary of like, hey, you fucked up. And now all of a sudden, you want to sit up here and throw shit back in my face? So you was just jotting that shit down and journaling it and keeping notes about it, huh? I said, oh, I definitely know I don't need to be friends with you. I didn't even text her back. I re-blocked the number and I ain't talked to that bitch ever since. And if I see her, the fact is so funny. I'm actually going to read it out to you. I actually wrote a rap about her. <laughs> Wait, let me go get the rap. So <laughs> it was funny because I, you know, I'm living by myself live on my own now. And, you know, a part of that healing and like what people call like that shadow work, sometimes this shit just comes back up. And so one day I just got really angry and frustrated about it. I was like, oh, I have not dealt with this shit. So I pulled my Issa Rae or Issa D, I think she was named, but awkward black girl, Issa Ray Issa D fashion. I wrote a rap to communicate my frustrations. So the title of this song is called Cardi B. I don't got no beat. I'm just going to read it. Cardi B is the name of the song. If a bitch got beef with me, then she going to beef with me forever. Clouding on your ass because you're not that fucking clever. Don't ask me about no friendship. I'm going to tell a bitch is seven. And even when you gone, I'm going to hate your ass forever. <laughs> There's actually more, but I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to release it to a beat. <laughs> So people can hear like how frustrated I fucking am. And so maybe that'll be like a thing that I do. And I just like post a song to SoundCloud. But yeah, I, let me, okay, let me read another one. I'm gonna read it like a poem, like spoken word. When I see you, it's on site. Bitch, don't worry about no flights. Since you want to fucking play with my name in this game, I might shoot you up like I'm gang but I only run one deep so when I see you we gon' beef <laughs> you and me all tea all shade I'm about to split your fucking wig cuz your ass is getting laid Amber can't help you. Mama Nam can't help you. Bitch don't call the law because that Crooked 12 can't help you. For 12 years, you smiled in my face, you dirty bitch. Then had the nerve to bring up my molestation because you a bitch. Like, do you understand? Like, I really have, like, some East Coast, West Coast. <laughs> Tupac versus Biggie versus Pump Daddy type beef in this bitch. ha, <laughs> ha. I'm going I'm to release the song. I'm not done writing it, um, but I'm going to release the song at some point. Um, but, yeah, all of that to say, that hurt me to sever that relationship because that was a relationship where at the time, um, and I always say this to my friends and my family, if you ever hear what I say on this podcast, me being vulnerable, don't take it personally now. I'm just speaking on my feelings of how I used to feel. At the time, I didn't have a great relationship with my mom. And so this girl who was older than me and who was showing me and being in community with me and showing me the love and the validation that I've been seeking, all of that got destroyed when we started to go our own separate paths, especially when I started to have a thought process and a mind of my own. And I could see almost like the retaliation of like when like when I didn't agree with her on something or when I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Or, well, no, when I, would, when I would communicate my boundaries, I would see her being frustrated. And so like, she would leave me. She would go hang out with younger people who she could mold and manipulate because it's like, oh, well, I can't do that to you anymore. So therefore it's time for you to go. And I felt that and I saw that. And I don't know if she ever saw that or if she ever will, but the fact remains... I'm still not friends with her to this day. I wish her the best. I hope she finds what she is looking for. But my heart was absolutely broken when I had to sever those ties. I suffered a spiritual death and I had to grieve that friendship to the point where, like I said, I will still think about it randomly and I will just be angry. And the fact that we still live in the same city like I live more north of where I used to live but we still live in the same city sometimes I'll go somewhere and I'll see her mama's truck or one time I saw her mama and I wanted to speak but I was like no we don't need to bring up those feelings we don't need to bring up any shit any things in the past because she even went to a mutual friend that I met through her before we before I cut her off for real for real the friend came to me and was like oh how come you like not talking to such and such anymore like I don't understand it and I said everything that I said that I'm saying to y'all on the podcast, and she was like, "Oh wow, that's that's really crazy. That's really terrible. And I understand why you're upset. And and what what made me more upset was that, like I said before, I'm not a person who who discusses things or talks things out. Once you offend me, my nigga, I'm gone. <laughs> my nigga, I'm breezy. Like I'm not I'm not gonna sit around and wait for you to offend me again. I literally will just cut people off. And so at the time, because I was like, I value our friendship so much. We need to discuss these things because I wanted to talk to her and say, hey, I feel like our friendship is drifting. I feel like our relationship is not the same. What's going on? This is how I feel. I wanted to talk to her, but she kept avoiding me. So I'm like, are you avoiding me because you know that I'm that I'm upset with our friendship right now? Or are you avoiding me because you know that I know what, what is going on? And like, I you think I don't notice you dropping me? Because one thing about me, I'm not finna beg nobody to be my motherfucking friend. You either make the time, and it's a mutual respect and agreement that we make the time to see each other, or you not making the time, and you wanna go hang out with younger people who you can mold and manipulate to your liking because you feel empowerment when you manipulate people. But what you're not about to do is you're not finna manipulate me no more. Allegory of the cave. I know the shadows aren't people, and you still trying to tell me that the shadows are people. I know the shadows belong to the people because the sun is cast down upon them. And you still sitting here, nope, shadows are people. And I can tell you that they're not. That is a relationship that I still to this day grieve because we talked about being there for each other at each other's weddings, being there for each other's kids. She showed me who she was a million times and I believed her on the millionth and 10th time. But um, all that to say, um, I grieve that relationship and people need to understand that platonic friendships have breakups. And sometimes that shit is is painful. And I would even, it's, it's on par with a romantic relationship because you invest time with this person. You're with this person. You go through things with this person. This person sees you at your best, at your worst, at your middle ground. You're, you you may not be in an intimate relationship in terms of romantic um, things and like sexual things like that, but you're definitely still in an intimate relationship where your energy and your emotions are being um, cared for and poured out and poured into So, yeah, if you are in a relationship, a friendship, any relationship, friendship, and you can kind of tell that things are bad and your boundaries are being stepped over and you are just not allowed to be as free as you want to be. Break up with them, whether it's your girlfriend or your, your girlfriend, who's just a friend. If it's a family member, if you are in a position to do what's right for yourself, you need to choose yourself well that's all I have today folks I don't have any um, extra talking points for thoughts of the orchids you know this show is still definitely being formulated because I really just want to come on here and talk to you on tell stories but yeah be sure to check out the podcast on anchor check it out on um Spotify on uh, I almost said Hulu <laughs> on Apple music Apple podcasts I said what am I saying go to my website, go to my Instagram and check out all of the links where the, you can listen to this podcast. And if you would love, love, love to support the show, you can go to my link tree in my bio and get the monthly subscription because your dollars do help me to create this show and be a creator. So yeah, I love you guys. And until next time, be real, be fluid, be yourselves.